Welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Kaysen. With me today is the woman who knows how to set personal boundaries, Alex Standy. This is your daily dose of happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. Now, you've probably noticed the music is not the same as what we <laughs> used to have in the past. I kind of alluded yesterday's episode to what's been going on with Facebook and so forth. Basically, I decided I'm not going to use the old theme anymore, even though I paid for the licensing. It's all good. It's all legal. But I'm just so tired of being harassed about it. So I took that electronic keyboard that my brother gave me for Christmas, and I decided to start creating something of my own. So hopefully you like it, but that's... Uh, the latest creation is, is, is actually variation number two. I did variation number one yesterday. It was okay, but I wanted to go a little bit further. So there's variation number two for you. And uh, Alex is once again joining me here on the show in her purple background. She is the, the lady in purple at all times. Although, <laughs> except, except you're not wearing purple today, but that's okay. Not I mean, today. It's laundry day. <laughs> oh, that's what it is. Okay. I got it. I got it. Well, that's all right. Well, you got the purple background, so you got purple. Purple's going on. Exactly. So, you know, that's really all that matters, right? Right. Yeah. So, purple and we is have life. A special, the purple is life. <laughs> and we have a special guest joining us today. His name is Keith Harrison. And Keith has uh, a rather interesting story to tell. People who are regular listeners know that my one of my Friday co-hosts is Neil Positivity, who is a former police officer from Camden, New Jersey. And Keith also is in the same background. And, He's going to tell us his story about uh, how that led to certain things going on that he needed to address and how it kind of made some changes in his life. I, w- I won't uh, ruin the story. I'll let him tell the story. But uh, first of all, Keith, welcome to the program. Second of all, you and I uh, actually have a, a connection that's sort of a non-connection connection. I think I mentioned okay. it in the emails, but I have a cousin named Keith Harrison, which is right. really odd, really, right? really strange. I mean, exactly the same name and everything. And uh uh, I, I won't go into detail about this, but he has certain things that's going on in his life that is similar to stuff that's going on in your life. I thought, okay, this is just too crazy. This is just too weird. So got to have this guy on the program. Got to find out more about what he's all about. So welcome. How are you doing today? I'm good, Walt and uh, Alex. It's, uh, it's It truly is uh, an honor uh, to let you guys you know, have me on your show to spend some time with me um, and open up conversations um of what i'm doing um for first responders um right across canada and hopefully into united states north america worldwide uh, that's the goal so uh it's always good to have uh, ambitious ones um but uh yeah i know having a, a cousin named keith harris and I, I feel like you know a doctor strange multi-universe <laughs> thing might be happening here i'm I'm Keith Harrison in this universe that you might know, but you have Keith in another right. universe, and somehow we've crossed over. Uh, get, get your nerd and geek on there, you know? Well, that I'm, just I'm, means I'm, we have, like, a few hours before it all crashes down upon us. Uh, uh, oh, I, yeah, we could have a whole episode of just nerd talk when it comes to... We sure could. We sure like could. Totally could. I, I would love to have yeah. all the boxes filled on that one. Um yeah, just uh, can I get up there? Can I get up there? Yeah, there, 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 there. Oh, there, we, go. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> I did, I'm just not the talk. I walk it. <laughs> All right. All right. Good for you. Um, so give us like yeah. a, the three minute biography. Tell us, you know, a little bit about Keith Harrison. You know, where you've been and, and the journey that you're on right now. Yeah. Um. Thanks so much. So, um, as intro, I'm Keith Harrison. Uh, I am a a, a police officer. 
up here in uh, in Canada, uh, in the in, in Ontario, in the Greater Toronto area. Um, I have been a, a police officer for over 16 years, and uh, primarily dedicated to the patrol car uniform on, attached to the radio, and uh, you're basically at, at days of, of mercy to what is going to be uh, dispatched your way. You, you don't get to really pick and choose. It's really responsive. And you never know what your day is going to be, which uh, right. at times I was pretty happy because, you know, it's not a, a cookie cutter. Every day, every day is different. Everything's, you know, new, um, even though you could be in the same area. And um, for the, the bulk of my career, I was stationed in, in one particular area, uh, which is good because then you, you can build um, better community relations and stuff like that. But as a result of, uh, you know, my, my, my career in policing and, uh, being exposed to uh, more than a few traumas um, and a lot of traumatic events. Um, I, uh, I was not forced, um, but I, I was uh, in a position where it was essentially uh, choosing work and uh, myself. And mm-hmm. even though a lot of my, um, my lived experience with my PTSD, uh, operational stress injuries and uh, other um, and anxiety and depression, uh, I did quietly ask uh, to get some help while still working, uh, but then uh, came to the point where uh, the last day that I was in my patrol car, I don't say this to be very graphic. I just, I, I just, I say this because this is where I was at that time. And uh, it was me in my patrol car and I had an FU letter to the world. Um, and that's where they were going to find me um, because I was just at the point of complete helplessness of wow. who else can I tell to get help? Um, uh, because I feel like I've told everybody and, mm-hmm. uh, made it in 2018 is when I went off, uh, made, um, you know, that, that release to the world of, okay, I'm going off work. Uh, if I get insurance claim, if whatever, I'm never going to be a police officer ever again. This is the day I'm going to hang everything up because I'm choosing to walk away from a patrol car. I'm choosing to walk away from the service uh, because I need to focus on me. And um, being a, a father of uh, three kids, um, you know, truly blessed to have my kids, um, but also blessed in the way that they were some way on my shoulder talking to me, asking me to come home. <clears throat> Gets tough. Asking me to come home um, rather than uh, that being the last memory they have uh, of me. And uh, I'm truly um, grateful um, that uh, after all this time, uh, I did choose that road um, because uh, I know now um, trauma never really ends if someone chooses to commit suicide. Uh, you're only merely passing that trauma on to others. Um, I'd be mm-hmm. passing on to a colleague who would have found me. I would have passed that on to the multiple of unanswered questions that my family would have close friends of wondering like, man, I was here. I I didn't even know it. But um, for so long I had put that mask on of just survival of, you know, being always happy, always being there for other people because I did not want anyone to know my deepest shames, which was, I wasn't happy. Mm. Yeah. Well, severely unhappy too. I mean, if you were at that state, you must've been in a really miserable space that 
who apparently hadn't really acknowledged that point. I, I'm wondering, was there, was there a trigger? It, it almost sounds like this wasn't triggered. It's kind of like you, you just kind of ran out of rope at one point. Yeah, um, although I, I, I do have, and I've worked through a lot of triggers and stuff like that, um, and that's the one thing I've learned um, through my, 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 my lived experience and journey healing uh, with PTSD is that um, a lot of times people think it has to be one gunfight or one mm-hmm. event. And it's so, I don't want to say common, but it's be discovering more that this accumulative stress, yeah. this mm-hmm. constant buildup of, uh, of life events. And I can't tell you, Walt and Alex, of why certain calls stuck to me a little bit more than others because there's been a ton of calls that I've been on and although very sad, um, very uncomfortable, they didn't stick with me the way um, some other calls did. Mm -hmm. And um, when, you know, (laughs) before we get into trauma, we always talk about therapy and stuff like that. But when I got into getting my therapy and my, uh, my learning of not only just how my brain works and how my feelings are, um, you peeling back the onion, it a lot has to do with childhood stuff. Um, unhealthy behaviors that were taught and learned or exposed to early on that we seem to uh, carry with us and Excuse me. Bless, bless it. I can't, <laughs> I, I ask for blessings. I don't, I can't give you the full blessing there, Alex. I can only ask for permission. The big guy's got to do it. I can't. Ask <laughs> I appreciate it either way. Can't do it for him. Can't do it for him. Um, <laughs> um, um, but, uh, but yeah, truly, um, you know, um, learning how everything works with thrust is just peeling back the onion and realizing that a lot of things that we were, were dealt with as a kids, uh, were able to somehow unhealthy cope with our feelings um, and then manifest it into other things that are unhealthy as well. So um, a lot of my was actually going to the school of life when it comes to um, therapy because of learning a lot of things that I just was never taught growing up or never taught in the service or never taught before getting in to emergency services. It makes total sense to me. I mean, um, not, I have not been a police officer and I have not done first responder type services, but I, th- I think we could all, re- you know, kind of relate in the sense that at some point in our lives, something has kind of set us off on X, whatever X is. And I, I'm thinking in particular about one situation that occurred with a former friend of mine, um, who had this tendency to, uh, he, most of the time he was sweetness and light. Most of the time he was great to deal with, but every once in a while he'd go off on you. And he went off on you mainly because he had his own stuff and he didn't know how to deal with his own stuff. Well, mm. you do that, you experience that often enough, and it's almost like there's a reservoir inside of you that just keeps filling up, filling up, filling up with more and more minor traumas. And they just get bigger and bigger and bigger, and, and you think you're managing it. That's what I thought. I thought I was managing it. I thought it was fine. My wife thought differently, but she's a former therapist, so that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> but I, I thought that it was all working out okay. But then one day came along where he went off on me again, and I went off the, I went over the edge on it. All of a sudden, I couldn't handle it anymore. The same kinds of behavior I've been handling literally for years, I couldn't handle anymore. And I, I couldn't even explain to you why it was different that day. It was no different from the other times he'd gone off on me. But that day, for whatever reason, I reached that limit, and suddenly I couldn't cope anymore. You were sick of it. 
I was sick of it, but I, I was yeah. literally physically sick of it. Mm-hmm. And that was the yeah. part that was kind of a surprise. I, I thought I could maintain the balance. I thought I could maintain the control. And when I found that I couldn't, it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. So, so that's what I think about when I hear what you're saying, Pete. Yeah, it's like the uh, the death from a thousand cuts, right? You're not sure yeah, yeah, which exactly. one kind of did the trick, but it's that constant, you know, um, and really, truly, um, it, it comes from, you know, learning it before we're exposed to trauma, learning it. The younger we can learn things like this, I mean, we take finance and the same thing. Learning you can tr- learn about controlling your money better, the better you are for life. But yeah, right. I mean, as far as our, our emotions and our feelings and our and our and our well-being and our and our mental state, uh, the younger that we can learn this before we're exposed to things, the better ought we're going to be. Yeah. Um, but since I can't vault back in time twenty years before getting into this thing, now that I have uh, been exposed to uh, tools and resources and um, educating myself through a lot of programs. Um, what can I implement now? Right. Uh, I, I didn't plan that 10 years. That raises an interesting yeah. question though. It raises an interesting question. Cause you said, well, I really can't um, do anything about what happened in the past, but here's the, here's the thought. If there was some way for you to travel back into the past and talk to that younger self, what would you say? Whoa. I mean, if you, if you had yeah. that opportunity, what would you do? Yeah, and I, I think I'll put in a little carpet for the horse because a lot of what I'm doing now when it comes to peer support and uh, with uh, being so, um, you know, speaking loudly of my recovery and being there for other first responders is truly um, being that someone I needed 10 years ago, right? When I looked around a room and I, you know, didn't see that officer um, or member of the service that really had gone through um life um, trauma events with work and stuff like that mm-hmm. and was in a healthy state. You know, so often in the, in the past, we've um, seen those people as broken, uh, the broken toy uh, kind of bumper sticker comes up in first responders and especially in policing is that, you know, you're, you're sent away because uh, you know, if you're dealing with, if you're a broken toy, then you're somehow, it, it could be a toxic infection to, uh, um, to other first responders or other members of the service, but, um, going back, um, you know, um, being that coach officer that I've been to new recruits, um, you know, going, I would say, uh, if you, you know, if you're not seeing someone for your mental health now start, um, and like mm-hmm. I said, really including that, that prehab, you know, it's so common that if we have sports celebrities and athletes talk about how they condition themselves be, be best performers when it comes to a, a sport. You know, they talk about all the, the, the prehab that goes in before the game. And really the game is just, the game's easy, right? All the practice, everything we put into that game, that's where, you know, we've really put in the effort. The game is just showcasing your talents and your skills for others. And then you go into the rehab afterwards. Um, it really um, takes us uh, to that saying, like a, uh, an ounce of preventative yields a pound of cure. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I use that so often because if we were to put in a pound of preventative, how much yield, not only for officers, but the community and the world for anything can become of that, right? I, I truly feel you're going to have better officers out there um, who are uh, in a wellness state for themselves, which will then ripple effect to the community, which then will ripple effect uh, amongst the community. Um, and have better relations where um, you're not ha- exploding over, um, 
you know, comments or having triggers. And a lot of times for myself, it wasn't so much that incident. It was just my, I was so full. I was so fed up. I was done with everything that it just, it, it came out and it's like, I'm so mad. And I, I mean, I could have this like little thing in my head saying like, why are you taking it on this person? They've done nothing, but it's like, you, you, you're, you're, you're spent, you're burnt, you're, you're topped out. And it's just, it's coming out and you don't want to come out. And which brings into the, the, the whole cycle of, of um, negative cell talk where after that, no one feels more horrible than the person who's exploded because now I don't need you to tell me how horrible I was. I'm already thinking it because mm-hmm. I know what I did was so bad. And now I'm secluded myself in the basement. I have locked myself with the world because I feel I'm unworthy to be around other people because I'm not good. And look, I've just showcased it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm an asshole. I'm whatever. And I just proved it once again. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, yeah that, that definitely is true. We can be really rough on ourselves. I think we're probably rougher on, our, on ourselves than we are on anybody else. As a true. Very true. rule of thumb, right? Yeah. Right, Alex? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just like the, and, and like we've said many times here on the show lately, if we treated our best friend that way, we wouldn't have any friends. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. That's how, that gives yeah. us an idea of just how rough we can be on ourselves. Mm-hmm. The, the other thought that goes through my mind as you're talking about this is the fact that these, these explosions of feeling are very similar to, actually, they're pretty much the same thing as what they used to call a mental breakdown. And, and I always think about what my wife tells me about that from a therapeutic point of view. She was a psychotherapist for 10 years. Um, she says, I don't like calling them mental breakdowns. I don't like calling them emotional breakdowns. I said, what do you like to call them? She says, I like calling them emotional breakthroughs. Mm-hmm. Because what really happened is that pent up emotion finally came out. It didn't come out the way that was, you know, technically civil, but it came out. It came pouring out. It came out in a way that the whole thing was just pouring all over the place. And because of that part of it, that part made it a healthy experience. The unhealthy part was the bottling up of it all that time. But we think of it the other way around, like all that emotion coming out, well, that's the unhealthy experience. Actually, it's not. Now, certainly it's better to be in a place where you you aren't waiting to the last second and then it's all exploding and now all of a sudden you're, you're spewing all this crap over everybody else. That obviously is something we want to avoid. But uh, she, she convinced me we need to think about it a little bit differently. We need to think about those 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 needs to just get the emotion out in a much more positive way. Because if we want to truly help other people who are in similar situations, they need to know that there's a positive way. They need to know that, that it's okay to let it out, right? I mean, can you imagine if, if you'd been able to talk to your younger you and said, it's okay to feel that stuff? First of all, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not sure if you would have believed it, but if you had believed it, wouldn't it have been great to hear that message? Uh, yeah. And believing it is, is another thing, right? Seeing and believing, but, uh, right. yeah. Um, and, and, and I think, you know, not only just for myself, but a lot of it is, um, unbeknownst to, to the public is a lot of culture, um, that is instilled that needs to be addressed at the institution level. Cause, um, even though I had kind of dealt with, um, the calls per se, um, that, uh, led me to my, uh, my traumas, um, you know, like anything, um, if you don't feel that there's that support around you, if you're not amongst a, a group group of friends that you feel you're able to talk about that, and then you come out and say something around friends, and they kind of laugh and belittle at you, you know, when's the next time you're going to come out and really speak about your feelings or how you're doing, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so a lot of times was, um, and, and I say this all the time that, you know, 
there is amazing first responders that go out there every day um, that just want to make the world better. Right. Um, better for everyone else um, because so much time as first responders, we're selflessly um, sacrificing ourselves for others. Um, and it's not, not just like a hot cup of coffee or skipping your meal breaks. Um, it's time away from your family. It's going out helping other people before you even think about putting that mask on uh, for oxygen for yourself like the flight attendants tell you to do, right? We're automatically giving that to someone else constantly. Um, so uh, I, I truly feel that, uh, you know, because I had shown up every day for my organization or my service for my partners, and I gave them my best and like so many officers do every single day, um, I felt a, 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 a real sense of sanctuary trauma that, you know, the best wasn't given to me. And um, when I deal with victims of, of crime, um, people that are, are, are needing help, we always have, um, you know, information sessions, lectures, guest speakers, pamphlets given us the where you're building a Rolodex so that if Walt comes to me in a, in a case of, of crisis, I'm able to provide you a community resource. And so yeah. often... When I talk to people um, at the community level regarding this, you know, they're like, wow, you know, I have firefighters show up. They give me fire safety tips and paramedics and police officers and all these people um, giving me all this information. I would had assumed that if you had this Rolodex for the community, that the service would have one ten times that for you guys, because who's helping the caregivers, right? To, so that right. we're not so, getting to that compassion yeah. fatigue. Um, and, you know, there is a lot of great things out there, but we're not having those full welcoming, opening conversations to make it known if you are struggling, if you're feeling things, you know, it's okay to call that number. It's okay to reach out um, for help to see a psychologist because, you know, no one makes fun of us. I use this. No one makes fun of you go to the dentist, right? No one looks at Walt like, oh, hey, hey, Alex, guess what? Walt went to the dentist the other day. What an idiot. What a loser. The guy had someone floss and brush his teeth because he can't do it himself. Idiot. No one says that, right? No. right? And, we all, and we all have benefits. A lot of people, a lot of employment benefits come with dental and health. That's why a lot of people pick jobs so they have those benefits. We have benefits for your psychology, like psychologic help, right? A lot of services have it where it's um, unlimited or that's capped at a few thousand dollars and it's just sitting there for you to use. Why not use it? Because you're only bettering yourself. You're, you're building, um, that structure yourself where, you know, where it's self care, right? It's, 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 it's for our, ourselves to make us are better and it's sitting there. Why is it so stigmatized? If someone uses that portion of their benefits, right? It's just, well, it's I don't a great understand. question. Let, let, let's see if we can, I mean, I, I get it. You just said you don't understand. So I'm going to ask you an unfair question, but let's see if we can answer the question. Why is it that people are so resistant, particularly first responders, but anybody who's in a, a high stress situation where they have access to benefits like that and they don't take advantage? What are some of the reasons that, that come to your mind? First off, it's our abilities to, uh, to not break up with our egos. Our, our, our egos at times, uh, when it comes to dealing with things like this, even for myself, like it's not our friend. Like an ego is something that I really think people should really, you know, gut check and really destroy before the world will do it because the world will destroy your ego 
as quick as they want to, right? You put something online, someone will destroy, destroy your ego and stuff like that. Sure. But it's something that is unhealthy for us to really like lean upon when it comes to our wellness because uh, everyone's brain is the same. I, I like intelligence wise, people learning different things that's completely, but the me- mechanical structure break uh, makeup of our brain when it comes to the fight, flight or freeze response is the same in everybody. And mm-hmm. one thing that I was taught really early on is that, you know, the minute Keith, you can prove to me through evidence base that your brain makeup for the fight, flight or freeze is different than any other brain in the history of humankind. Then I will allow you to have this ego that that seems to control you at times where you feel you're unworthy or um, this ego that allows you to feel that um, it's something of your character. So many times in our mind, we feel it's, 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 it's our character. We're a weak person. We're somebody that is not strong um, as a character when it comes to our mental health. And it's just that's not the case. Um, it, it, it's, it's something that's happened to our brain. And for whatever reason our brain, my brain did not file it correctly. And it it's through lots of like emotional trajectory where, you know, uh, we operate at a, a baseline that comes to our, 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 our thoughts and our feelings. And every time we have a traumatic event, we need to, ex- we need to ride the roller coaster. We need to have the full response of the feelings. And if anything during that, you know, emotional trajectory of our feelings is interrupted, we're not able to then completely scoop everything out, not start up again clean to go back to base. We're now back to operating at a level higher than normal. And if we keep doing that, before we know it, we're at a red line, max 10 plus. And it's because we're in survival, because we have somehow got through this history of not dealing with the emotions or you know stuffing it down or um, you know, not expressing it when we need to express it. P- yeah. People often, I talk about how I was functioning at a time when I went off and they're like, how the hell are you surviving? Like, <laughs> I think this, like, how is it, yeah. how is it humanly that you like were sitting at your heart rate was a resting heart rate. Was that something of a marathon level? Mm. Your, your body gets used to it. Like our bodies are so resilient and, 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 and um, it usually takes up the slack for a lot of other things. But before we know, like if we're, t- our bodies are always taking up the slack for other things before we know it, we're not, um, paying attention to the warning lights that our bodies give us. And my body gave me a lot of things when it came to like just my gut health or, um, uh, so many things that I had automatically, um, checkboxed it being something medical. And whenever I had all these medical tests come back, blood work, all these things, I'm like, something medically is wrong with me. And I, and my doctor, love him, family GD, he was just like, Keith, I have given you every test. What your experience has no medical, physical um, cause. Mm-hmm. You need to talk to somebody about, you know, your, how you're feeling, your, 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 your mental health, because it's all, it's all in your head. It's all in your mm-hmm. head. And, a lot of times we don't want to hear that. It's not really healthy. Sure. It's all in your head. You're all making this up. All And like, I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. But there is um, a straight line with our mental wellness, how it affects our overall wellness uh, with our body. That's really good. Uh, Alex, do I remember correctly, you have a family member who's also a police officer? I have two. 
sister too. Okay. Yes. Uh, my sister and my uh, ex-stepmother, I guess. Okay. Ex-stepmother. <laughs> That's an interesting my sister just right quit. And my yeah. stepmother is having her retirement party coming up next month. Uh, and I'm curious, particularly with your sister, have you have you ever had conversations with her along the lines of what we're talking about here? Has she ever shared with you any of the stuff that she's gone through in terms of how she's had to deal with things? Yeah, she's uh she's shared some stuff and she started therapy when she when she got on board. So she she was work I mean working through a lot of things, but also the stress of the job and the calls itself was a lot to take on. Mm, and it, yeah. it's it's a lot for anyone. Like you're you're seeing kids dying. It's crazy out there. Like I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine. But then there's mm. also like the funny days where she's like, okay, this crackhead got away, and it's like <laughs> she's like, I don't run. I don't chase people. So it it's a mixed bag. Well, apparently yeah, she. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I was going to say, like, a lot of times, you know, we're, we're, the dark humor kind of kicks in where it's yeah. kind of co- a coping mechanism that a right. lot of people don't understand. They're like, that's kind of a, a, a twisted way to look at things. But a lot of times it's like, it's how I'm going to get to kind of dealing with this at times because, yeah. you know, it, it, with, with call volumes and, you know, whether it be not hiring new officers or officers quitting or retiring and not replenishing the true, um, need for what is required on the road as far as officers, um, you know, growing populations, we can't do more with less. And a lot of times it's do more with less, do more with less. And sometimes having these inappropriate dark humor jokes at times is just like, I'm just, yeah, I'm just trying to be surviving here. I just, I'm trying to yeah, get the next call. Survival at a certain point. It's crazy. Well, you're dealing with, with situations and experiences that are far outside of what most people deal with. And mm-hmm. that requires some kind of coping mechanism. So that's literally what it is. You, you said it yourself. It's a coping mechanism. It's a way of coping with stuff that is so dysfunctional. You got to have something to do in order to help get by on it. So, yeah, it makes total sense. See, definitely see why, why a police officer would, would uh, resort to that, uh, that, that kind of uh, dark humor. But by the same token, there's, there's another piece to it, too, I think. Um, this is something we talk about a lot here on the show. Anything that we look at as either good or bad, happy, sad, whatever, we are making a choice how we feel about it. And that that's, that's important to me because it took me a long time to learn that one. I was one of those people who for many years thought that what, what I felt was just based on what happened. You know, if I, a sad thing happens, I feel sad. If a happy thing happens, I feel happy. And that's all there is to it. it. It wasn't until I actually heard you could you could choose what your response was that, well, my first reaction was, yeah, right. And then my mm-hmm. second reaction was after I was convinced that they may be onto something, my second reaction was, okay, well, I'll give this a shot. I gave it a shot one time and was stunned to find that it worked. Now, since then, I've come to understand, well, yeah, we actually do it a lot more often than we realize. But it does raise an interesting question. And I don't know what the answer would be for somebody who's in a first responder role because you're facing these kinds of things daily. So I'm just going to ask you, you and Keith, you just give me like whatever your your instant reaction is on it. But if you if you had been out, if you're well, you're, I guess you you still do the work. So if you're if you're out in the field and you're encountering a situation that is by most standards a, a, a an unhappy situation, do you ever find yourself trying to find a way to find the silver lining in it? Um, huge. 
huge uh, because um, for myself, what I have learned to do, and a lot of it is the, 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 that prehab, right? Uh, making it my intentions of the day, um, you know, because I've gone through healing and stuff like that doesn't mean that I'm fixed. It's something that I sure. continuously have to be mindful every day of, you know, choosing to be happy or allowing how things to hijack me. And, um, you know, being exposed to, um, you know, situations at a far greater uh, percentage and, and pace of the regular population uh, of the community as a, as a first responder, I almost look at my day as energy points. And if I, if I have a hundred energy points for the day per se, um, am I going to allow certain situations to hijack those and I'm going to misuse happiness or misuse my energy towards something that I might not be able to control? I may not have the answer for. I may not, I may not have the best solution per se. Um, it's something that maybe it's not for me to solve and maybe it's somebody else's situation that they have to solve themselves. I'm providing them space. But if I go in and, you know, inappropriately or exhaust myself on things, I really have to be mindful that at the end of the day, I may be in a position where I don't sleep well that night. Um, I don't have energy to play catch with my kids or want to spend time with them because I'm so exhausted because I have um, basically uh, ran my, uh, my gas tank dry. Um, and even though I, I brought this up with, you know, occupational therapists and my, and my doctors and stuff, uh, they, they still say, Keith, you know, like having that breath, um, that pause, um, that moment where between receiving information and reacting, uh, you at least give yourself a second to, to think. And if you feel like, you know, teeing off on somebody or wasting a few points here and there it, it is, is justified. It, it's worthy. It, it needs to be said because, you know, so often like, you know, maybe some people aren't willing to showcase uh, a, a sense of full honesty. It's not belittling. It's just full honesty of like, listen, like, have you ever thought about your situation in, in this way? And if mm -hmm. someone is, you know, withholding that and, you know, um, go ahead and do it. Right. Um, but at least you're allowing yourself that pause. And uh, one thing that I, um, I do quite a bit is just be mindful every day. Hey, Bobby. <laughs> hey, bud, I'm recording. Can you come back in a couple minutes? Soon. These are some people that he's talked to, but give me, give me about 20 minutes. Okay, pal. It's a, it's a microphone so I can talk. Okay. We, we, you, you want to say hi? You're, you're going to be on the internet. Sure, we can, we can bring hi. him in. Hi. hi. <laughs> that was a quick one. Hit and run right there. <laughs> uh, that's me. Okay. Well, get the, uh, speaking of our, our, our early conversation. Okay. Cooper, I need, I need some time. Thank you. Uh, you know, our, our earlier geek session when we talked about, you know, our uh, comics and stuff like that, it's surprising he's not dressed up as Spider-Man right now. Right Because <laughs> uh, he's not doing that. He's dressed as a, a first responder. He has amazing uh, – he's seven. He's fantastic. Uh, where he has that imagination level of a, of a child, play of child. 
Yeah, it's a wonderful age. He's your cosplayer. I like it. Yeah, I love it. That's great. I love what you're talking about, too, because what you're talking about is, well, obviously it's very important, but it also, it kind of gives everybody a, a glimpse into what goes into the mind of somebody who has hit the wall, still doing the work and finding ways to continue to be able to do the work. That, that, that's basically what you're showing us when you're talking, talking about these things. So tell us a little bit more about, give, give us like a, like a little bit of a lay of the land in terms of how, how do you, how do you do your mindset every day? Uh, so things, uh, it, it's almost like a, a great bookend, right? It, it's not just my morning routine. It's what I'm doing at nighttime to set myself up in a place that I can better myself in the morning, right? So a lot of it for my morning routine, getting ready is, to make sure that I'm disconnecting from electronics, social media before bedtime. Um, one thing I always do and, uh, you know, um, is I journal. We write our, write our stuff down. And one thing I do at nighttime is just to kind of write a little bit about my day. Um, usually only about five minutes. A lot of gratitude goes into that. Uh, but at the same time, I, I still, Cooper, Bubby, I, you can't read out loud. No, you gotta read to yourself. <laughs> you need to take a minute. If you, you can take a minute. We'll we'll chat for a moment if you need to. Yeah, yeah. Let me. I I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can yeah. pause myself here. That's fine. I'll have a, here. This is this is how life becomes part of the show, right? I mean, this, yep. this is standard procedure, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you how many times we've been photobombed by one of the kids of a guest or a co-host. I mean, it's and it's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> Well, because it gives right. you a chance to see what the real person is, right? You see that's the true. That's true. Yeah, and the context tells you a lot. I mean, right there, we could just see from from the way Keith was interacting with his son. First of all, you can just tell how much love there is in him. Oh, the joy in his face. Yes. Yeah, it's so obvious. It's so so clear. So you get that real three dimensional sense of him that you don't necessarily get from the interview part. Right. You, that's true. And then, right, and then, and then you add in the fact that because you have that new context. You think about his stuff that he's talking about differently. Very true. Right? Yeah. Because that's what And it all comes like. into like, it all comes into play because it's like when he was sitting there talking about, uh, the letter to the letter to the world and how his children were sitting on his shoulder and now you put a face to the name and it's yeah. like, it's a whole different story now. Especially when he's wearing a Spider-Man outfit, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So Keith is back. Hey. We, we were we were just celebrating, by the way. We were celebrating actually uh, experiencing your interaction with your son, and I, I was mentioning to the audience we got a chance to actually see and hear how much love there is in your voice when you're talking to him. That mm -hmm. gives context. I mean, it's one thing to hear your story, yeah. but to hear the context of who you are, and then now to continue to hear the story, all of a sudden that that gives a three dimensionality to your story that we didn't have before. So. Even though that might have been an interruption, I want to thank you for it. That was great. <laughs> well, kind of helps. Kind of helps when cameras are recording. Sometimes I kid, I kid. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, like it, it, it's something that you know. Obviously, I it wasn't very taught well to me. It's something I, I learned that uh, a behavior that I wasn't growing up with that I've taught now. That even though I've been through a lot of stuff, like I don't want to do that to my kids. I don't want to do that. Right. And Break the if cycle. He, if he, and if he chooses to enter the world of first responder, whatever capacity it may be, whether it be the military or any other services, 
I want to make sure that what I'm doing now is a creating real change so that he doesn't have to deal with what I went through because I don't want anyone to go through this. I wouldn't really want my worst enemy to be exposed and deal with what I've dealt with. God forbid my own blood, my own mm-hmm. kid, right? Like just would never want him um, to be exposed to this. And uh, so often, you know, people, you know, talk negatively about the, the services that, you know, why would you ever want to send to be a police officer? Would you yell that all day? Or why do you want to serve up there? There's so much good that goes in more uh, uh, that comes out from being a, a first responder than it is bad, even though, you know, we deal with bad things. Um, it can, it can be a, a place where a lot of, you, you can see a lot of good and it, it mm-hmm. just makes the bad stuff that you encounter, uh, I don't want to say it's not it's never worth it, but it just it you just enjoy those moments a little bit more. Um, sure. Being exposed to those good things, um, and um, I'm I'm thankful that through a lot of routine that I do now, um, I'm not so hyper focused on threats. Uh, every time I go out, where I'm missing uh, the interaction of having happiness and joy around me, so many times. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support my local baseball team here, the, the Blue Jays. Um, <laughs> love them. But it usually took like a ninth inning, bottom, bases loaded, two out, walk-off home run to get me to a point where I felt, okay, I can feel happy. Like this, it wow, took yeah. so much yeah. to get me to the point where I can actually feel happy because I was suppressing everything. Like I didn't want to feel pain. I didn't want to feel sad. I just switched everything off and you know what people don't realize there isn't a scientific button that has been expo- has been created or discovered yet where you know I turn off you know sad and uh pain but yet I still feel joy mm. you're hitting that button yeah. in, your, in your head and you're turning everything off um right. so I, I I I'm really you know fortunate and I'm blessed that I'm able to have moments like that and be present in them because for so often I wasn't present and the whole, you know, gift of life is to, to be present every day. Um, but kind of circling back of things that I do. So like I said, like I do a lot of journaling. And one thing that I do with my journaling at nighttime is I have a small space carved out for me to recognize or at least identify things I didn't do that as well as I wanted it to be. Um, to allow it that space so that I can just be mindful that, okay, when that comes up tomorrow, I did this way and, you know, it wasn't my best, but I'm not kicking myself. I'm not, you know, um, harping and really creating that cycle of violence in my head when it comes to negative talk. I'm just allowing myself the opportunity to feel it, identify it. So when I wake up in the morning and I like to get up usually before my kids, I find my days start a lot better when I'm up before my kids, because I'm more in a place of taking time myself. So where I do some morning journaling, breathing, um, like to get out and get the sun on me as quick as I can. Um, you know, that way I feel um, my body is, is fueled to a, a place where if, if we're always reacting to things, I may be able to react to the day. Um, by putting some stuff in for me first before I'm doing for others. Um, and I, I think o- over the time, uh, we've really missed the opportunity um, to utilize this in training early on because so much training uh, for first responders is muscle memory, 
were mm. cured all the time. Like I've reverted back to my training. I reverted back to my training, muscle memory. Um, and a lot of times I've done things reactively, not knowing because I've ingrained it so many times in my memory, I'm already doing it. Mm. If we're putting that pound of preventative in, in our training and it, putting that muscle memory training of, okay, these are healthy things to do every day of your, your daily habits, things that you're doing so often that it's not, you're not even thinking anymore. It's, you know, it's muscle memory. It's, it's a built-in healthy habit. You've put in boundaries where you're going to be like, okay, this is my absolute. If someone crosses this to me, then that's a no. And it's not that I'm being disrespectful to you. I'm just being respectful to myself that I'm not going to be be walked on. I'm not going to be walked over. I'm not going to be disrespected to a level of myself where I'm going to deplete myself for somebody else when it's an absolute no go. And, and, And it's, you know, you know, something that we need to be taught early on, um, before you're getting into it at the collegiate level, if you're having specialized programs where, you know, becoming a police officer or becoming a firefighter or a paramedic before you're getting on the job, you're instilling these at that, uh, that, that checkpoint, that early onset. Um, like I said, we, could, we should be doing it in our schools where we're talking, you know, about our finances in school, but we should be talking about our wellness so that, you know, we're, we're aware of that as kids because a lot of times as we get older, we're dealing with childhood stuff that, we never dealt with. And if we're able to deal with it at a childhood level and we don't really understand things and really as, as adults, we don't understand sometimes how things are working. If we're just being exposed to that sort of training early on, you know, you understand how your brain works, you understand how things are. So when things do happen, it's not if trauma is going to happen for first responders, when trauma is going to happen, I'm able to put in this. Yeah, that's valuable. No doubt about that. I love the fact that you were doing the journaling too. Uh, we've, we've talked a lot about journaling uh, for years. I really wasn't a fan of it. I've become more appreciative of it over time. And I've had many guests telling me about the virtues of it from a lot of different perspectives. And you, you were uh, making reference to how you, 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 you're, you're journaling. I mean, you didn't say it specifically this way, but I could tell um, you were alluding to the fact that the journaling helps you to process, to deal with the various traumas you encounter every day. But I'm also curious, do you take advantage of the journaling to credit yourself for the things that you did well or that went well so, so that you can get that side of it too? Yeah, and I, and I, and I go through that and I tend to a, a bit of um, gratitude, I think. Mm. You know, it, it, it's it's far out from that, you know, attitude of gratitude. Uh, it's not something that people always talk about, but people don't really understand and do. It's just how blessed we are truly if we can look at our at our our cup being half full rather than being half empty and um a lot of times with trauma and whatnot we're always looking at the negatives we're always looking at the negative we're always looking at the negative like how much weight how much just unhappy comes out of us and then what we're doing is we're then manifesting unhealthiness to the world and then what are we attracting we're attracting unhealthy things but if we're in a place of half full and we're expressing gratitude and we're energy our our bodies are water energy we can go on a whole topic about how i feel our bodies are not just water but just magnetic energy uh of of human that if we're casting good out to the world um goods not only good is gonna not uh, is going to come to us good things happen those people are good but so often alex and, and well that if you're in a good time if you're happy 
you're not really hanging around unhappy people, right? If you're in a state of being joyful, well, that guy looks too happy. I want to be around that. The negative usually deals with itself, right? And then you only have space for happy and joy. You only have time to have good things around you because good wants to be around good. And the more we can take time in ourselves to really be appreciative of the everydays that we have that are good, we are then now embodying that good and then putting that out to the world. And only then, like, you, you have this podcast, you know, 1,700 shows, like, all these amazing people, well, then you're attracting all that amazingness that it, to the, to your life. And when that happens, you now, you're now in a place. Okay. Now you're building that small tribe, that, that tier, hence the name, uh, mm-hmm. that, uh, you, you want in your life, um, so that you have that to go to, to refill your cup or to be there to help you in, in times, um, to live happy. Oh, no doubt. In fact, it, it, I continue to be both impressed and amazed by my own experience in the sense that I have done a lot of work on myself for sure. But like you said in the podcast, I've, I've had so many influences that have influenced me for the better that I find myself having been reprogrammed in ways that I wasn't actually directly reprogramming. The, the experience reprogrammed me. The experience of, of encountering and engaging in and discussing about and, and just exploring all the different ways I could, the the the, the lessons that other people had learned, the mm-hmm. positive stories they'd experienced, the traumas they'd gone through, and how they came out the other side, all that stuff has reprogrammed me over time. And and it, it's kind of a shock, really, when you look back. I mean, it, when you're in the middle of it, you, you don't really notice it, right? It's like one day, mm-hmm. it's just like yeah. the next one, and you know, you're just doing your usual thing. But you look back over and you say, "Wow, I actually went quite a ways that I didn't even know I went." Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're right on point there when it comes to just how much we learn and grow. And if we're able to keep ourselves in a state where we're not a know-it-all, right? Yeah. I don't, ha- I, I don't have my full puzzle in my life yet. I say that with aspirations and enjoy, not yet because we have to be mindful to keep ourselves open that we're not, a, we're never going to be 1000 or 100% complete. We're always learning to be better. Anyone who is at any sort of high functioning uh, level of sports or in the business or whatever, they're never satisfied to the point because they're always looking to be better for others or be better for themselves or always creating new goals and challenges for themselves. And if we open ourselves to not thinking that we, we know it all and have it where, you know, I come across Alex in my life or Walt in my life and that you might hold a piece of my puzzle, right? That is going to help me along my way. So many people that, um, that I've been a part of that are continuing to be a part of my life. I would not have, uh, known that piece or that of myself through growth had it not been for them. And if I'm able to open myself up to a point where I'm allowing the possibility for others to be a part of my life in a way um, that I've yet to know or feel that they're to be a part of my life. Um, it, it, it allows us to be more open. And if we're more open, we can be more understanding. And I feel if we just, you know, are in, in a state where we're open to have healthy conversations, healthy dialogue, uh, we're able to exchange information so much better, uh, where it's a benefit rather than a debate. 
And it's mm-hmm. okay to debate at times, not to shy away from debates, yeah. but it, as long as respect is done. And I think so often, especially coming out of uh, being isolated for so long, re-entering mm-hmm. the world per se with our conversation, our worlds, I mean, having that five seconds of kindness at times where you're just giving yourself a breath to give somebody else a breath so that like someone's struggling with something, someone's dealing with something unbeknownst to you every day. And if we're able just to kind of like pause for a second to give each other some, some space, some gratitude, some kindness, um, chances are you could enter uh, possibly a really great conversation and hell, maybe make a friend. Well, of course <laughs> you never know what that piece is going to be. You may, you made a loser of that piece, right? Now, yeah. yeah, we get these pieces, but when you're, first of all, when you receive the piece, you say, oh, wait a minute, what, what's that? And where does this go? <laughs> yeah, where does it go? Yeah, I, I know it fits in somewhere. I haven't quite figured that out. Oh, we're still doing the, the corners figured out. We're in a corner. Yeah, right? Yeah. Get the edges done. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like a jigsaw yeah. puzzle. But, but it's also a jigsaw puzzle that we're filling in while we're doing the rest of life. Yeah. yeah. But I, and I think it's so important also just to be mindful that you never know who's going to give you that piece, right? Wow. So not to just shortchange or just dismiss somebody who could be there for the right intentions, for the right purpose to help you and you're shortcutting them, but you're more, you're shortcutting yourself, mm-hmm. right? Because you're now missing out on that and who knows if it's gonna come around again, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, all, it's all a process. Well, I, I could also make the point too. I mean, I, I get your point. I think it's a valid point, but there's also the flip side that you could say, well, yes, stuff yes. does keep coming around. It keeps coming yeah. around and it, it and, and it keeps coming around and it comes around a little bit stronger the next time and stronger the next time until you finally notice it. Because if you don't, it's going to come at you with the two by four at some point. Right. Yeah. 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 We're going to have that Chris Farley stage. I, I don't so much feel here or here, but right about here, <laughs> here, I feel that pain. It's like, no, nope, nothing there. Nothing there. <laughs> Gotta get my Chris Farley references in. Great. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, like, and, uh, but that's the thing too. Like, I, I alluded back in the past where so many times I had, um, what I thought were medical issues. So, like, my gut. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know our gut is a direct line to our, our mental health. And if we take oh, yeah. care of our gut health, our overall mental health, um, we'll, uh, will kick in. And so many times, like I have, oh, I had all these stomach issues. Like, oh my God, I have ulcers. Do I, you know, do I have Crohn's? Do I have uh, my celiac, you know, with my diet? Like, what do I need to like, uh, cut out or implement better? And a lot of times I was just spent on that spinning wheel. And really it was like, your gut is telling you you're not healthy overall. So yes, mm-hmm. make the changes to implement, you know, good diet, good regimen of exercise. Um, a, a wellness state. And that usually leads to once we take care of that self-care and some people like, even when the self-care comes up, they just think like it's all about spas and nails and stuff like that. And it, it really isn't. It's going out for walks. It's going to exercise, um, going to the barber, having a clean shave. If you're clean shaven or getting your hair cut, or we all know stepping out of the, 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 the barber or the hair salon sometimes is just, look good feel good right like it's just it's a whole things. experience period it's a, it's, it's <laughs> a, like no no but like it, you're, but you're like i have i have barber therapy with my, my doc mm-hmm. uh, with my barber right but there's so many other things that we're doing day to day that people come out and like oh, i never do self-care self-care is stupid well did you eat really well today did you hydrate yourself did you go for a walk did you get and get sunlight did you get proper sleep last night did you take time to educate yourself did you read a book did you go work out 
Did you take time just to reflect, maybe yoga or meditate or breathe? Like these are all things that we're doing that are self-care that are for ourselves. Did you shower today? Did you clean yourself? Like some of that stuff sometimes Mm -hmm. is, you know, just getting out of the dirty clothing and putting yourself into a shower. That's self-care. Like you're, you're taking yourself time for yourself in so many different ways um, that people are doing. And if we're just more mindful of it um, and, and implementing things that are, will make us better rather than make us worse. It's really important, too, because you, you talked about how um, you kept looking for the medical issue. You kept looking for the medical yeah. cause. And for you, there, you, you could never narrow down a medical cause. It was all going on in the head. Um, I'd actually take that a step further. I would say that everything starts in the head, including real medical issues. And, and really, right. the whole thing is just driven by our mindset. So probably the most important thing we can do from a health perspective is adjusting mindset. Because when you do that, everything else starts to line up. I, I like to talk about something that um, my sister-in-law once told me here. She was a co-host for a while here on the program. Um, she was pursuing, at that time, she, she ended up with a PhD in statistics, but she was pursuing at that point, uh, she thought a, a PhD in the neurosciences. And she was telling me about all the different kinds of testing they can do. They can hook us up in the lab and they can test for everything going from you know, the top of the head down to the bottom of the feet and they can test everything in between. They said they could actually now get to the point where if, if they really wanted to, they could wire you up completely and they could trace from the moment that you have a thought through all of the different systems of the body down to a place in the body where there was some sort of a disease or there was an injury or something like that. And they could actually see healing going on if you start off with a positive thought and they could see death going on in that area if you had a negative thought. They, they could actually trace that. You know, and, and when I think about I that, that, I say, wow, if that's really true, and I think it is true, then really everything does start in the mind. So Mm -hmm. instead of looking outside for causes, the first place we should be looking at what's going on inside our heads, what's going on inside our hearts as well. You know, you're right. And I mean, so many times people have, uh, you know, cancer diagnosis or medical diagnosis that, you know, give them a set time, like this is all you have. And then like 10 years later, they're still going because they Mm -hmm. put themselves in place where it's not going to beat me. It's not going to beat me. And at, at, at a medical level, people are like, I, I just don't know. I just don't know how this is even possible. It's a medical mystery. It's a medical miracle. And it's really that mindset of, you know, um, living happy, living longer rather than, you know, living unhealthy um, in, in your mindset because that's just going to make you feel older. It's going to make you not want to move. It's going to make you not want to be in a place of overall health if we're not in that right mental state. So, yeah, bang on. 100% would agree with that. Well, we're nearing the end here. I, I hear a seven-year-old who's looking for some attention, so uh, we'll have to uh, cut it short here pretty quick. We're going to go on the back. Just give me a couple minutes, okay? <laughs> I'm ending up right now, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Let me say my goodbyes, and then I'll get going, okay? So speaking of goodbyes, before we say goodbye, we got to find out more about how does somebody reach out to find out more about Keith Harrison? Yeah, so I feel like we've been talking so much about the, uh, uh, of, uh, you know, uh, wellness and stuff like that, which is awesome. Everyone, Cooper, there he is. There he is. Um, Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, things that, uh, that I, that I've chosen to do in my, uh, return to work is, you know, essentially be that 10, that person that I needed 10 years ago. And, um, you know, I created an, an apparel company. Uh, with the focus is to open up, um, the conversation, healthy conversation around mental health, 
uh, for first responders. Um, and then with the apparel um, uh, sales, uh, donate portions of that to uh, help trauma programs and services. Nice. Uh, so I work closely with Wounded Warriors Canada, which again uh, is uh, an organization that I benefited from through trauma programs. Um, so if you're wanting to reach out to tierresponseapparelcompany.com, uh, that's the website. It's up. Um, and stick. Um, but uh, also uh, on social media. So we're on Instagram at uh, tr underscore apparelco, uh, Facebook, uh, tr apparel company, and then uh, we're on Twitter, uh, apparel tr. But for the most part, we're just a, the website and Instagram, and uh, it, it showcases, um, you know, the, the work that I'm truly trying to do as far as inspiring other uh, first responders to. Um, make the identification themselves uh, to be mindful of their um, mental health and as well as, um, you know, organizations and services that I'm working with uh, that have the programs that are available for first responders. You don't need to be, you know, uh, uniform. It's for civilian. Um, and uh, it, it goes into a lot of uh, the, uh, the, the good that I'm trying to, to be uh, for, uh, uh, you know, the community of first runners so that, you know, um, we don't have to think of suicide. We're going to reduce 22 to zero. Um, mm. you know, stats show that, uh, through emergency service in the military, um, 22, uh, suicides are, uh, every day. And if we can get mm. that to zero, uh, that's the goal. Uh, cause I truly believe, um, and I didn't know uh, how valuable I was to, um, the people around me to this world of how much I, 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 how important I was and that, um, that I needed, um, as much as my brain was telling me otherwise. That's fabulous. Uh, and we'll make sure we'll include the link to the tierresponseapparel.com as well in the uh, show notes. So people will be able to find it that way. But Keith, thank you so much for taking time with us and telling us your story and, and best of luck in continuing your work. I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing, trying to help other people who are in the same position you were in. Oh, I, I appreciate that. Well, yeah, and uh, like I said, um, yeah, we have uh, the apparel there, and um, it's one of one of the brands that I'm I'm, I'm quite happy and proud about. Is one second, buddy. If I can't hear them, they I I don't know what to say. Okay, um, but uh, is is the warrior brand that I had with Tier Response and. Um, with the, I feel anyone that um, is showing up every day for themselves battling um, a, a mental health or an mm-hmm. operational stress energy. Um, it has a, a warrior in them um, that they're battling and um, it, it should be seen as a, a sign of strength rather than a weakness and also um, implementing uh, the semicolon uh, mm-hmm. in the apparel um, for mental mm-hmm. health because um, if people don't know and realize the semicolon and how powerful um, that is amongst the mental health community, uh, but as well as how powerful we can make it for ourselves to be mindful every day to insert our semicolons amongst our day-to-day um, to do what we need to do um, so that we are showing up for ourselves, taking care of ourselves, and not, again, ending um, our, our life or our stories uh, in suicide. Because, um, again, is uh, never um, something where trauma ends. It only gets passed on to somebody else. And we, do, we need to be able to deal with the traumas rather than just passing it. 
to somebody else. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you. This is great. We love what you're doing. Thank you so much and, and keep doing the good work. And Alex, as usual, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thanks for sharing your story about your sister. That was really great. Really appreciate no problem. That as much. And thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We'll see you all next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Say bye, buddy. Bye-bye.